I am so excited to be sharing my new book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, out December 27th with you guys. I have worked so hard for the last two and a half years of writing this book. I put in my blood, sweat, and tears to help you harness the skill of being bold. I want you to chase what you want in life, not just take what you can get. And I want you to eliminate self-doubt. I want you to eliminate the fear of failure and really go after whatever you want. And I'm gonna show you how. There is a practical guide in here that you can actually do. So please go to jennifercohen.com where you can pre-order the book right now and also receive access to a masterclass for free. There's also a Facebook group if you'd like to join that as well. Don't forget to subscribe to my mailing list by going to jennifercohen.com and get my newsletter so you can get life hacks, productivity hacks every day in your inbox to help you optimize whatever you're doing most in life. Please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you normally consume podcasts. Let me know what you think, what you love, what you don't love so much, what you want to see more of. You can also watch the full episodes in video on YouTube now. So check it out and subscribe. Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. Today on the podcast, we have Lisa Stardust. Lisa is a New York City-based astrologer, energy healer, and a best-selling author. She is a resident astrologer at the Today Show, Teen Vogue, and Refinery29. And her work has been featured regularly in publications and TV programs, including Oprah, Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Pop Sugar, Yahoo, InStyle, and the list goes on and on. She has two best-selling books, uh, Saturn Return Survival Guide, Navigating This Cosmic Rite of Passage, and The Astrology Deck, Your Guide to Meanings and Myths of the Cosmos. And now her third book is called The Love Deck, and it's out now as well. Now, Lisa grew up in a new age family in Manhattan, and her whole thing is about encouraging clients and people to decode their own birth charts and making astrology accessible to everyone. Now, I've really never had many guests or ever had a guest on the podcast that was similar to this, but I figured now going into the new year, 2023, we may really find something like this to be helpful, interesting, fascinating. And so lo and behold, here we are. We have Lisa Stardust. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Please guys, leave me a review, comment, let me know what you think and enjoy. I hear that terminology a lot, like it's Mercury retrograde. What does that even mean? So Mercury retrograde is more of an optical illusion that occurs in the cosmos. So when Mercury is retrograde, the planet Mercury is actually just moving a little bit slower than Earth is at the current moment, because normally Mercury moves faster than Earth around the sun. So it's sort of a time when... You know, Mercury is the planet of communication, travel, thoughts, and everything in between. I mean, we need Mercury to connect with people. We need Mercury to use our credit cards because it's all about technology and connecting. And when it's retrograde, it slows down a little bit. So it has a really big effect on us Earthlings. So you know, we really kind of go a little crazy because we're like, we can't think fast. What the hell is going on? Um, But, you know, it's a great time to like reassess, like revisit, replan. Um, 
stalk your exes online or connect with them. You know, I'm an astrologer and all I do is stalk my exes online during Mercury retrograde. So, you know, like check in with people from the past, revisit old ghosts, um, revisit old projects. I mean, it's a great time if you're going to like go back, but you know, for starting something new, it's not an ideal time. There are people who were born with Mercury retrograde in their charts. And this is a time when they flourish because normally the world is moving, you know, too fast for them. So this is a time when like everyone's kind of at their level. Now, what's weird about this Mercury retrograde is that five other planets are currently retrograde as well. So everything is just really kind of crazy right now in the stars. We have Pluto, which is all about change and transformation. That's retrograde. So a lot of people are having to face their biggest fears and their shadow side and their past actions. Uranus, which is a planet of rebellion, is retrograde. So things aren't happening fast for people. People who want to work on relationships or stay in them, they don't know what they're doing. Um, we also have Saturn, which is about commitment and boundaries. That's retrograde. So people are unsure about how to impose proper boundaries. Jupiter, which is about expansion, is retrograde. So that's not a bad retrograde, but what's happening is that people are not really wanting to open their minds and to hear a lot of what other people have to say. They're being more stubborn. And then we also have Neptune, which is all about illusion and delusion. So, you know, the truth, the truth is ever hard to find. Do you know what I mean? So putting it all together, you know, people are getting caught in lies or people are just being exposed or like people's truest feelings are coming out. So, and technology so, okay. is slow. Yeah. No. Okay. So for the, for the layman's person like myself, yes. how do you, how do you even know when you're in Mercury retrograde, when that's happening? Cause you know, probably unless you're super into this stuff and check it all the time, most people don't know when it is, when it's not, what they're, what they stand, what, what their, how their sign affects the Mercury retrograde or otherwise? Well, I always say no matter what sign you are, you're going to be affected. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for some, But how do you know when it's happening? Like, how do you know well, when, it's, when Mercury retrograde is in, is in motion? Luckily enough, Mercury retrograde has become mm -hmm. such a big part, I think, of the modern lexicon that people are talking about it more so than ever. Harper's Bazaar wrote an article during the last Mercury retrograde in the spring about how, like, Mercury retrograde has been so commercialized how like all of these big brands now are like promoting Mercury retrograde like oh Mercury's retrograde have a beer but also you know you can always like look at like read your horoscope and like any anywhere but Mercury will be retrograde one more time this year and it will be retrograde on December 29th again. So we have this one, which is from September 9th until October 2nd. And it's in the sign of Libra and Virgo. And then the next one, which is in December, will be in the sign of Capricorn. And that's going to take us into the new year. So... Oh, interesting. So my birthday is September the 16th, which is in a few days, right? So... 
Um, what does that mean if it's a birthday in Mercury retrograde? Well, or you said something about Virgo because I'm a Virgo too. So you said Virgo and Libra. So what does that mean for us? By the way, you look like a Virgo. Virgos always have, you know, like the stamp, the archetype of Virgo is like the blonde hair. You know what I mean? Like tan, like tan skin, you know, it's very much the archetype, but um, really? Yeah, it's the term maiden. You know that. Virgos either have. No, like, I didn't know that. What does that mean? Well, so tell me. So Virgo is, you know, the maiden, the, the bestial maiden. And the mythology behind Virgo is that I always say I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. So I love Virgos. I have a fetish for Virgos and Cancers, funny enough, because of my chart. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I'm a Gemini. So. I always just get along with them the most because I kind of like like the direct, concise communication. And they also kind of, you know, get me off the ledge when I'm freaking out because Virgos are really practical and they have a lot of patience. Now, the mythology behind Virgo is that, you know, when Pandora's box was opened, everything was let out into the world that was horrible, except for hope. And Virgo you know, the Vestal Virgin, the maiden, she really held on to like the notion of hope. And her whole vibe was that society and life will, she was hopeful that people would become civil again and loving and kind and generous. So she escaped to the mountains. And when no one was doing no war and, you know, all this horrible stuff was still going on, she decided to move to the clouds to be immortal. And she patiently waits on her cloud, looking down on earth until people are loving again. So, you know, the, Interesting. The, mo the most thing that we have to say about Virgos is that they're very humble, they're very loving, they're sympathetic, and they have a lot of patience. And they're really hopeful that people can change and they want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, so I don't know if that rings true to you, but a lot of Virgos that I've encountered, like, you know, they have like a very kind of sarcastic sense of humor. And they're really like thoughtful. They're really analytical. They like to understand their emotions um, before they react and they love the truth, you know? So Virgos are more like the detectives of the Zodiac. They're the ones who like investigate the crime and who like, they're what we call, um, you know, Scorpio is, this, is the clause of justice because it's all about transformation, rehabilitation through prison. Libra is the scales of justice because it's all about law and order. And Virgo is the investigation of justice. So, you know, you're a truth finder. So, you know. It's so true. I am a truth finder. And I, I, I am like Inspector Clouseau. I always want to know everything about everything and analyze um, I analyze everything probably to death, actually. Yeah. Um, who Who is my, what signs are good for me, are Virgos? Like, are Virgos good for, good with certain signs or how does it work? I would say that because you're ruled by the planet Mercury, um, like Gemini, um, you're the mature Mercury. Gemini is the immature Mercury. So I just gave myself shade. Um, <laughs> I would say that, you know, you get along with everyone, um, Gemini's, I would say probably a lot are your really good friends that you could go on a road trip with and have fun with. Tauruses, Capricorns. Um, I think everyone except Aquarius is a little bit too lost in like 
their own beliefs because Aquariuses can be a little bit fanatical at times. What birthday is Aquarius, by the way? When um, is that? That would be January 21st, 22nd until February 18th. And so Gemini is when? Gemini would be May 22nd to June 21st. Oh, my husband's a Gemini. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, <laughs> Virgos always get me in line. So all of my really good friends are Virgos or they have a lot of Virgo in their chart because they kind of get me, you know, in line. They're like, you have to stop, you know, obsessing over like this boy or you have to do your work, you know. So Geminis really respect Virgos because they they find them amusing. Geminis love to be amused, but also like... Virgos teach them lessons and they kind of need that. You know, we all need someone to kind of tell us, you know, Gemini's like when we're being bad because we're, we're bad a lot. <laughs> Just kidding. Are, is Virgo and Leo, because I have a, a, you didn't say Leo. Are Leos and Virgos not good? Um, Leos and Virgos get along quite well, as well as Virgos and Libras. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning these two is because Virgo falls in between Leo and Libra. So what happens here is that if you're acquainted with a Leo, they probably have a lot of Virgo in their chart, which makes the connection a little bit easier. So if they have a Vetus in Virgo, you know, you're probably going to really like socializing with them or getting a drink with them or going shopping with them or gossiping with them. But not, so is there different kinds of partners? Like for example, Romantic partners are good for these these groups, like for this sign and that sign. Is there is there truth in that? Like you're saying, well, like would I get along with a Leo just just for an example? Yes and no. Um, I wrote an article a few years ago for Oprah Magazine about how I don't believe as an astrologer, I really don't adhere to like a lot of the rules of compatibility and synastry that a lot of older astrologers believe in just because I've seen people with horrible synastry and compatibility last a really long time in relationships. Yes, having some aspects together can make things a little bit easier, but a lot of people really like to work on their relationships as well because without having something to work on, things would be a little bit boring. Now, classically, they say that Geminis and Virgos don't really get along, but I've always gotten along with Virgos. And, you know, every Virgo I know has like a Gemini spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or bestie. So, you know, I think that's it, interesting. I think it really just depends. Like you're a Virgo. If something was easy, you wouldn't do it. Because you like to yeah, work, tell you're, me an about it. you're an earth sign, and that's the same way with Gemini's. Gemini's mm -hmm. and Virgos, they the reason part of the reason why they get along is because they get the hustle. So they get that you have to be doing ten things at once or have your hand in ten different pockets at the same time, and they respect their partner who does that. You know, like a Gemini wants a partner who's a hustler, and a Virgo wants a partner who's you know, doing it, making, making it happen, you know? That's so true, actually. So um, I want to actually get to my chart because you have my stuff. Does it make a, so, but 
Number one, are you considered then an astrologer? Is that what you're like? Because you have all these fancy jobs with the Today, like you're the Today Show astrologer. You work with Vogue. Yeah. Um, are you um, considered this? Is that what you are, an astrologer? I am an astrologer. I'm a tarot reader. I do a lot of different things just because, you know, I'm, I've been studying astrology since I was a kid. My whole family is super new agey and... My great grandmother was a tarot reader during the Great Depression. So she used to read tarot cards in the Lower East Side. So for me, I've sort of grew up with a lot of this stuff around me. And I just, I also am a writer. So I just combine typical Gemini, right? Let's just combine everything together that together. we find interesting and let's just make it happen. So then there's a difference, like you being an astrologer and or a, a tarot reader, that's different than being uh, like a medium or uh, you're not like psychic. Well, you basically take information you know and then read it to them. That's like, to, not, I mean, like you'd study it? Okay, so I I'm, know, not, I'm not a medium because I don't really like to connect with dead people. That, oh, yeah, um, that's what I mean. I actually <laughs> just went to Lilydale, which is a hamlet slash town in up, upstate New York to write an article for Cosmo. And that's a town full of mediums, um, which is interesting, um, just because it's literally a ghost town. Everyone there is a medium. And they do readings during the summer. It's a spiritualist community, but I am psychic in the sense that like, I do kind of know what's going to happen next, but I feel that I've always sort of been really intuitive. I think that all human beings are intuitive. I think that we just let the outside world get in the way of what we're thinking. So I always say that everyone kind of needs to like cleanse their aura, like get a good night's sleep, like keep a dream journal, you know, like do everything. Use Florida water twice a day. And then they can use what? Use what? Florida water. It's just something that we use to cleanse our energy. You can get it's it. It's called in Florida water? Yeah. It's like a concoction of like herbs. It has like rose in it, you know, like a bunch of different herbs. You can get it at CVS. And you can just put it like on yourself, like spritz it on like twice a day or spray it in your home just to cleanse the energy. What's it called? Florida? Florida water. Yeah. And I just spray it in my, if I spray it in my room or put it on my body, it cleanses the energy around Yeah, me. Like I use it as perfume. So like for me, Oh, I, good. I, okay. It sounds good. Like I like it. So like, I don't know if anyone else has a problem with it, but um, because it has rose in it, um, I put it on my, I like put like a bunch in my hand and I like kind of like put it like on my legs and my arms and my forehead just to kind of protect me against negativity. Or even if negativity comes my way, it doesn't affect me. And I usually do that in the morning. And then I do that at night before I go to sleep. I put a little bit on my pillowcase as well. Um, I put, you know, an amethyst crystal by my bed just to protect me because a lot of the times, you know, people, nightmares and stuff are basically people coming to you in the astral plane, trying to kind of attack you or get into your mind. So it's just good okay, to have protection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let me, let's again. So I like that Florida water. That makes sense to me. I can go to the growth. I can go to the drugstore. People can buy it. You spray it in your room, spray it in your body, use it as perfume, and that can cleanse energy. That's a really good 
tip. Using yeah. putting a crystal beside you helps also with the energy. Yeah, um, I'm really. Do you have to, how much of it is a belief? Like, if you believe it will work, it will work. If you don't believe it, it won't work. Like, what's the? I've seen some crazy things in my day. Um, I do go into things with an open mind, but I also am a skeptic in a lot of things too. You know what I mean? I'm the type of person. I'm a Gemini, and I have like a Virgo stellium. Seeing is believing with me. You know what I mean? Like, I won't. Yes. I don't believe in things unless I see them happen. But I've seen Tell a lot of crazy it. things in my day, you know, from working in this industry and from having a family so connected to, you know, the spiritual plane. And even my mother, my mom's a Pisces and she loves all this stuff. So she always comes with me and all of these little adventures and she's seen a lot of stuff too. So, you know, for her, give me, wait, give me some other tips like that. Give me a couple other things we can do. Um, I mean, you can put Florida water. What a lot of people do is they take, you know, like those gallon bottles of water. You can buy that at the pharmacy. I mean, at the store and you can literally put Florida water in it. People put Florida water in that and they'll put like rose quartz or like they'll put amethyst in it and they'll just let it sit for a day. And then they'll transfer that into a spray bottle and they'll use that to kind of cleanse their apartment. And you don't have to um, use a towel for it. You just spray the apartment 21 days, excuse me, 20 for 21 days, um, except for when you have your period, if you're a female. Um, and because you're not supposed to clean when you're menstruating spiritually. Um, and there's also, you can take a salt bath, which is Epsom salt, um, which cleanses your aura. You can take a shower or a bath. You just put like a cup of Epsom salts in the bathtub. You can put rose petals in there. And that's really good for cleansing your aura and for detoxing. You're going to feel Epsom salt. Yeah, you're going to feel that or Himalayan sea salt. You're going to feel the Epsom salt right away just because a lot of the gunk is going to fall off of you and you're going to feel more like yourself. So the first few times that you are doing the Epsom salt bath, it's going to kind of make you feel a little bit exhausted just because you're doing a really big detox and a lot of the energy is being released. But then within a week, you're going to feel kind of more centered. Um, another thing that I really like to do is... I meditate twice a day, um, just on what my intentions are and what I want to manifest. And, you know, I'm, I'm just want to be appreciative for what's in my life, for all the abundance and all the wonderful things, just because the way manifestation works is that you have to be, you have to work on it every day. Um, another thing you could do for abundance for money is you can buy a Rose of Jericho flower on Amazon. I think they're like three or four dollars and it's a dried plant. My mother thinks they're so ugly, but I don't. And what you do is you can put it in a glass bowl and you just put water in it every month. And every month it's going to absorb the water. You just have to tend to it and you just write your intentions on the bot, you put your intentions on the bottom of the bowl and put money around it, and it will give you prosperity and luck around money. Wow, that's a good one. And does it work? Like, does that it work? Works. Have you? Yeah, of course. 
so how are you like a okay let me ask you a question since you do all these things are you abundant in in money are you making a lot of money i mean i'm I compared to like, I, I mean, like, is, is it never, is it ever enough? You know what I mean? I, live in I was going to say it's all relative. I correct, live in New York but. City. Yeah. But I mean, for myself and for my business, like, I feel like, you know, I work really hard. I write a lot. I have a lot of columns and I'm always looking for more. So I think that if you're going to do the work, you can have the career that you like. You know, it's so like, you're not. Yeah. So you're not just saying go buy this flower. It's about it's basically in addition to doing the work. Well, everything is, you know, it's like it right. makes things easier. So if you want something to be like bought or if you're pitching something, it will kind of make the ride a little bit easier. Does that make sense? Or yeah. meditating on like your on your thoughts can really help you come clear as to what you want to present to someone if you're pitching them something. So I think that it all adds up as working together. You know, it's, I always say that you can't just, we all want things, but we also have to use our energy to make them happen. So it's like equal parts, you know, equal parts yeah. manifesting, equal parts like, setting the right intention equal parts like you know working to make it happen you know i always say to people because i am a freelancer but i get told no a million times a day from people that i've worked with for years and you just have to you know pick yourself up and still pitch to the same people and still work really hard and give them the same quality work and try the pitch somewhere else or reformulate it you know so it's just more about if you, it takes a certain personality to do certain types of work, as you know, um, and you just have to be flexible and willing to try harder. But, you know, but definitely for me, doing a lot of these things really allows me to disconnect a lot from my ego and to not get so upset or to not take it personally or to like kind of have compassion, understanding, or like have like other things flowing more better, you know, other parts of my career as well. What is the most common question people ask you? Um, if I think it'd be like who they're compatible with. <laughs> if they is can read the, their it, chart, like, oh, like I'm an Aquarius and I dated a Taurus, like how come we didn't get along? It's like, well, you both, you're both fixed signs. It's a hard combination, you know, fixed signs. Right, right, right. It's kind of like moving mud, you know, <laughs> it can get a little, it's moving cement. It can get a little bit hard sometimes. So when did you realize you had this gift? I guess you said when you were early on, you had, your family was very integrated with this. And did you have any particular habits that helped you cultivate the gift? Well, I was really lucky because my dad, he was really, is really into mysticism and he would take me crystal shopping when I was younger. So I was really fortunate that my father understood that I was really into crystals and he would take me to special places all around New York and even this local occult shop that was called Pastimes, which was in my neighborhood growing up. And mm -hmm. my parents didn't really think that you know, compared to what a lot of other people are doing, like, so what? She just, she's into magic and she's into crystals, not a big deal. But um, 
I will say that my parents just supporting me and not thinking that I was weird really is the biggest thing that really helps me because, you know, they, they, they're kind of into it too. You know, it's nice to hear right. different philosophies. So I'm Well, lucky. that's how it sounds. It sounds like that's how you kind of got involved is that you're around it as a kid anyway. So it wasn't like it was out of the blue that you kind of were interested in it. Yeah. I mean, there were things here and there that, you know, I was really intuitive about. I remember one time, like a few times I would say things to my mother, like I would lie to my mom about things and then they would happen like a month later. So it wasn't a lie because it actually happened. But, you know, that was when I was a teenager. And one time when I was, a kid, I could feel my great grandmother, she was in a nursing home. And I literally felt like I could feel her energy while she was sleeping. So like, or she was like talking to me, like it was a really freaky, surreal experience that I'm never going to forget. And it made me kind of feel that, like, you know, very, that sometimes there are some people who I can connect to without having communication with. So but, you were saying, saying, but oh, sorry. But like I say to people, like you can't turn it on or off. So sometimes, you know, like you have a vision, something's going to happen. Sometimes you don't, you know, it's just, it's just, it just happens. You just, you know, like I wish I could turn it on. So I <laughs> make some mistakes, but we all make mistakes in life. So it was part of learning and growing. How accurate are you? Like, do you do like do you have like a percentage or like if someone comes to you and asks you X, like you don't know, like I, I bet you I get this, get asked all the time, all the time. But like, if this was, if you knew everything, why don't you go buy a lottery ticket and win the lottery? People do. Right? People use my services for that. I have a and client. It, I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, I have a client, and that's what he does. So, but why don't you do it? Why don't I do it just because I don't look I every time I play the lottery, I've won money. <laughs> I just, I just, my whole thing is just like, I don't really like, I'm so busy with everything else that like, I wish I could like predict the numbers, but I usually win like the scratch offs. Like I usually get a vibe as to when to buy those. Does that make sense? And every time I do do those, I do win like some money or my money back. One time I won a whole plane ticket, like the cost of a plane ticket to visit my sister in California. But, you know, I also don't really like to use to exploit my own gifts. But I do horary astrology, which is a very specific type of astrology. And it's- What is it? It's an ancient form of astrology. And basically you ask me a question and it's like the burning question on your mind. And I'll give you like kind of the whole tea regarding the story or a yes or no answer um it kind of tells you what's going to happen in three months time so you know my usual questions unfortunately are like are they cheating on me and i can tell them what type of cheating it is or like will i get this job will i get the promotion and you know am i getting fired so you know <laughs> am i moving will this Will this, you know, will the loan application go through? So, you know, you can kind of ask everything. And it's my job as an astrologer to help articulate the real question and to answer it. And 
that is a whole other type of astrology. And I would say regarding both chart readings and horary, I have like a 99.7% accuracy, you know? Seriously? Wow. So can I say, okay, so can you, like, if I said to you right now, because I, you know, this is a podcast, I don't want it to say, I mean, something like, uh, should I be pursuing this one uh, opportunity that I've been really interested in? Is that enough information or is that it's like a too job, wonky? Right? It's a job, right? It's not a job. I mean, what I do now is a very different, right? Like I work with a lot of different people doing lots of different things. But um, so I would say like, I would be like, what will happen? And it will tell us the answer that way. Because we always want to start the question with will. So, or like Will has to be involved in the horror question. So I think like what will happen with this opportunity? And I can tell you if you're going to like it or if it's going to be successful or not. Okay, can you? Yeah. Um, Are you looking at it right now? Yeah, on my phone. Do you need to know what the opportunity is? Or should I ask you afterwards? Um, no, I can figure it out. I mean, here's, here's the deal. You're probably going to take the opportunity because the ascendant ruler who is you and the moon square each other. However, I do think it's going to take a long time to come to fruition. And there's going to be a lot of back and forth regarding the situation. So will you, well, it's going to be fine. Like you'll like it. And you are going to take it, but just be prepared that there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Does that make sense? So if you're looking for one outcome, I would say, look, like by, by, by the end of October, you're going to have like, you're going to think it's going to go one way, but then Mars, who is uh, Mars will be retrograde from October till January. So things will be a little bit back and forth in the meantime. So just be prepared that it might change a little bit what you're going to do. But should you take it? Yeah. And it looks like it's it's, it's going to be good. So. Can you read my chart? Like, what's my chart say in general? Like, what do, what do people get out of charts? Like, if you read someone's chart, what do they get out of it? Like, kind of like when they're when they should be looking for when they should be looking for love um stuff like that like where is a relationship going i'm just um sort of kind of like that hold on i have your chart here you're born at 705 a.m right uh i don't know maybe oh, i have it so my name i was just in canada by the way FYI. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was in a Buffalo. We went to Canada. Oh, nice. Are you married? What's your situation? Um, fortunately, I just, I have was involved with someone for a really long time. And I finally ended it. Like I knew it wasn't going to work. That's the problem with knowing things is that you know it's not going to work, but then you still want to be in it anyway. So, yeah, exactly. You don't even have to be uh, psychic for those things to happen. Yeah, well, you know, like I kind of just, I think that like 
you know, I just was kind of over it. But I also kind of, I have a Sagittarius moon. So I, you know, like, yes, I like being single, but I also like, I'm a Gemini. Geminis love a partnership (laughs) because it's a dualistic sign. So we like having a ride or die. So, you know, don't worry. I'll still torment my ex. So (laughs) you're right. You told me you're stalking him and Mercury retrograde. All the other ones. Um, Okay. So you have, you're a Virgo with the Virgo rising and your moon is in Libra. So those are what we call the big three. So your sun is in Virgo, which, you know, as we said, you are a thinker, you're an investigator, you have big thoughts, um, you're really smart, and you're really hopeful, you're really kind, um, really practical. Your ascendant is based on the time that you're born in the day and your sun is on your ascendant. So when we see people who have their sun on their ascendant, they're really meant to kind of be dealing with the public. They're meant to have a larger than life persona and, you know, you have a podcast, so it's in Virgo. So you're meant to communicate with people. Um, your moon is based on the day and the month that you're born and your moon changes every two and a half days. And that represents your emotions. Also the way you connect with the maternal influence in your life, like the parts of yourself that you can express and your moons in Libra. So, you know, being that you have a Libra moon, it makes sense that, you know, you are attracted to kind of airy type of people to partner with, like Geminis, maybe Aquariuses, maybe Libras, just because, you know, you, you like talking about your emotions, you know, and you like partnering. And contrary to what people say, air signs love to be in a partnership because they like to talk to someone, <laughs> you know what I mean? They like to right. share, they like to gossip, they like to share secrets. Now, you were talking about having a Leo person in your life, a friend, and your Venus is in Leo. So that makes sense that you would be connected with Leos just because you like to, you know, you like to do things with them. You like to, you like to have a lot of fun and you like to get things started and you like to share a lot of um, secrets with them and you like to party, you know, so that would be like your bestie, by the way, your moon is an Aquarius, not Libra. I misread that. So with an Aquarius moon, you would probably, you would be someone who connects with the world, which is what you're doing, but still relationship oriented. Now, what's interesting about your chart is that your Mars is in Gemini and you were talking about how your husband is a Gemini. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's very attracted to you. Mars is the planet of like action and like sex and passion. So, I mean, the first thing he noticed about you was that he's like, wow, like I want her. I don't know why, but I need her in my life, you know? And I think that a really big part of your relationship is that he really likes the fact that you kind of you know, get him like fired up and like take action and really passionate about a lot of causes. All right. I like that. How about a Capricorn? Like, do I like Capricorns? Yeah. All Virgos like Capricorns and Tauruses. Um, Yes. 
Capricorn rules your fifth house of so the chart is divided into 12 different sections so Capricorn would be like the fifth house of like fun speculation like you like to hang out with Capricorns you know like well my kid is a Capricorn and that, it's one a, of them and that is a child that is a house of children so that makes sense do you see how but my other is? one yeah, but my other one's March 23rd. And that's that the Pisces, and your second child is a Pisces in your chart. Really? Yep. So my first child is Capricorn in my chart? Yeah. So your fifth house is also your fifth, sorry, your first child, and that's ruled by Capricorn. Your seventh house is your marriage partner, but also your second child, and that's ruled by Pisces. So, yeah. What, what can I say? Like, what kind of is 2023 going to be a successful year or a shitty year? Can you tell by that? Because well, I think that what's going to change, first of all, is that last year and we had that Saturn Uranus square and Saturn's all about construct constructiveness. Right. And Uranus is all about freedom. So they were classed, clashing each other. And this year, we kind of had the end tail of it. Now, as life progresses, planets change. So next year is going to be a little bit easier just because we're going to feel that, you know, like things are settling down a little bit. You know, there isn't that much like friction between us and the government. So I think that's going to be the number one thing that we're going to feel more than anything in the middle of the year. So I think that we're going to kind of really see like a lot of things change and a lot of things get better, I think, in terms of like the relationship and the role the government plays in our lives. So that's do you first work of with, all. Okay. Do you work with business people a lot? Yes. And do they say to you things like, should I hire this person? Should I not hire this person? What's my year going to be like? Does that ever happen? I've like, heard or everything. Or they come to you for key decisions? I've or? heard everything. Um, JP Morgan famously said, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do, because he used astrology for every decision that he's made. I work with a lot of celebrities who they're into astrology. I just check their work because they want to know if this project is going to be successful for them, you know? if they're going to get a job, like why their fellow cast members aren't talking to them. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've heard it all under the sun, which is why when I say to people, nothing shocks me anymore. Like there's nothing anyone can say that would shock me. But I guess my question is what is like, okay, so let's say I was a, I'm, I'm a business person. I want to know like, because a lot of these responses are vague to be honest, like if I say to you, you know, how is my podcast going to do in 2023? What kind of numbers am I going to get? Am I going to make money from all these other projects? Like if someone wants much more specifics, are you able to provide that? Because a yeah. lot of business people want specifics. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've worked with people from the launch date of to finding the launch date for their business because a lot of the times astrology is all about timing particularly so I have to find like the best date to start something right so they're like what is the best date to launch this or make this announcement 
Um, should I take this job? Should I hire this person? Should I do, go through with this lawsuit? Um, should I make this investment? Before COVID began, like we all knew that something big was going to happen. Like we all knew, but they're like, but pretty much like every astrologer, you know, because we all knew that like a lot of what happened was going to happen. And what's interesting is that I gave a reading to someone who is very wealthy businessman um, a month before, you know, in January. And I remember saying, he asked me about an investment and I was like, I think you should get out of that investment. I think you should kind of not take on any new business right now based on the horror chart and the tarot cards and everything that I pulled. And I wound up saving him like a lot of money that he would have lost because the stock market, you know, whatever, what happened happened during COVID. So, you know, sometimes like you can get answers, but you don't get explanations and it works both ways because the person has to believe and have faith in you based on things that have happened. Or one time I told someone to pull out of an investment and I didn't get a clear reason why I kept them pulling the seven of swords, which is a deception card. I'm like, I don't know, something weird is going on, like blah, blah, blah. And they're saying, I can't imagine what it is. It turns out like, there was a lot of issues with the company that people weren't upfront about that they found out down the road after they pulled out. So, you know, we can only see as much as we can see and we can go really deep and we can get really deep, but some it's all based on the way the astrologer or tarot reader wants to interpret the information, you know? That's interesting. So they're basically, you know, a friend of mine's very into the moon. Mm -hmm. Is the moon very much a part? Is there like different... Like if I'm not pulling right now a tarot card, you're just kind of reading my birthday, I guess, and like what time I'm like around born or whatever. Do I, does someone need to pull cards that then you can interpret for them to really be as accurate as possible? Not if you're doing a horary chart. Horary chart is a little bit more accurate than tarot. Just because tarot, you have the will to change the course of the action. Horror chart, most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, it's set in stone. So the answer, although it may not happen today or tomorrow, within the next three months, you will see that it's correct. So a lot of the times, tarot, you know, you do have the, like, things can change, the energy can change with tarot. You know, if you make one decision, if you're, if you're asking me, like, should I take this job, right? And the tarot is saying no, and the horary is saying yes. It's like, maybe things need to change in the agreement you have with them in order for that to work out in your favor. But most of the time, if you have a really good tarot reader and a really good astrologer, you are going to get consistent answers. The only time you're not going to get consistent answers is that if the person asking the question is not telling you the whole story or lying. Mm. So. How do you know when someone's good or bad? Like as a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're if they're just like, if they know what they're talking about, if they don't, like how do you know? If they're making you have anxiety during a reading, that's not a good sign. Um, if they're really pessimistic or if they're really pushing you to buy more services that's not a good sign don't forget that we all have to adhere to an ethical board as well and you know a lot of astrologers and tarot readers don't do that so that's why they can get away with 
being shady and not being good. But, you know, for all, for those of us who are, like, we do have an ethics board and they're very strict and you can't push products on people. You can't push readings on people. Um, sometimes if I have a client and they keep on asking the same question or they have anxiety, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not going to charge you for this reading. Like, let's talk about why you're upset or why you're freaking out. You know, like, it just, and that's, what an ethical person would do, you know? So can you say to someone like, Hey, um, uh, is my, not like, is my partner cheating, but like, am I with the right person? Is there a better person out there for me? Am I doing the right stuff? And will you say yes or no to those things? Yeah. I mean, I think that some transits affect people more than others. And I've seen people that needed to get divorced based on their charts. You know, I've had to say to people, look, like, I get it. You're going to try to stay with this person because you're a tourist. You're going to give it all you can give. But ultimately, I just feel like you're going to break up with this person and around this time, you know, and I've had people who don't take my advice who reach out to me and say that I was correct, you know. So, Yeah answer your question um like how do you like okay so like when reading someone's charts can you tell somebody based on just reading the chart what they're meant to be doing like let's say they're doing one thing can you be specific and be like i think you based on your chart you should be doing this and you should be with that yeah i mean for instance i have my planet venus is in my 10th house of career And Venus is all about, you know, feeding, clothing or helping people and with this sympathetic ear and look like I used to work in the fashion industry. I used to work in the food services industry and I also, you know, give people advice and I've listened to what they have to say and I genuinely want to help people, you know? So I would say it's just more about, if you're aware and if you listen to like your chart, you know, so I believe for you, you have your 10th house is ruled by Gemini and Mars is there. So you are on the right path of what you should be doing. I would say that the thing about having Gemini ruling your 10th house of career is that you can be doing a lot of things at the same time. And I would say just watch out because you can get burnt out really fast if you're not doing what you love. So yes, totally. Can you can you work off of energy? Like it's like if two people are beside or talking, and can you say this is a bad match? It, it could be both professionally or personally. I'm talking. Yes. Um, it's not. Do you work off of energy ever, or more just? Um, I'm laughing because I just had a discussion with one of my best friends about this. Oh um, yeah. Okay. There was like a friend of mine was seeing someone and from the very beginning, before I even met this person, I was like, this person has really bad energy. Like I just have a vibe and I was right. You know, I just think like you can feel energy a lot of the times if you're doing this type of work and like you deal with a lot of people, you can, you know, feel like if they have good energy, if they're bad energy or 
like if they're just they need like a cleansing for <laughs> Olympia, you know, like, With the, or the or the or the Florida Florida water, right? Yeah, like Olympia is like the Florida water with like an egg cleansing. Like they need a lot of work, you know. But is that what it, what's it called? An egg? It's a Olympia L A, and then the next word is L I M. PIA and um, it's a lot of the times you can use a raw egg and you just roll like the hard egg around your body and it cleanses your auras and your chakras. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of um, cu Cuban um, country, cu Cuba does that, a lot of countries in Africa do the Olympias, a lot of countries in the Caribbean. Yeah, a lot of places, you know, Afro and Afro-Cuban communities do it. Um, also in South America and Mexico. So, so far for abundance and money, you told us that we can buy that flower. What kind of flower is it? Um, Rose of Jericho. Rose of Jericho on Amazon and then put money around it and right? Yeah. You just put it in a bowl of water and it's going to grow and expand. My mom's rolling her eyes because she hates the Rose of Jericho. <laughs> she, she thinks it's like so unattractive. It's just a dry, it's like dried twigs that are like put together nicely that look like a rose. No, I get it. Yeah. I get that. And then that okay. expands and you know, every month you're going to want to add more water to it. You're not going to want to throw it away. Right. It's just going to absorb the water every month. So you're going to want to continuously add. So, cause it's going to shrivel up every month. Okay. One more. And for single people who want to find love or people who are not single, who want to find love, whatever. Is there like a, a thing that you can do to bring that energy into your life? Well, I also made a love deck, which is about love manifestations and meditations and crystals. But if you're looking to find love, the one thing that I always say is that you got to be clear about what you want, first of all. And I know that everyone says that, but setting the right intention and manifesting the right type of person is the most important thing. Because, you know, in the movie Practical Magic, she she manifested Aiden Quinn and like that was and the other one manifested that criminal, you know? So you gotta be clear as to what you want and who you want to bring in, like Sandra Bullock. And you know, if you are looking for love, you gotta put yourself out there. Unfortunately, yeah. the right person isn't gonna show up. And I think that if you're really ready and feel confident enough and good about yourself, they're just going to show up like that, you know? So how many times do people say I wasn't looking for love and I found that person, but I was just in a really good place in my life. So the first thing we have to work on is loving ourselves and not settling for bullshit and putting ourselves first and being confident and strong enough. And then the right person will find us. Is there any, okay, great. Is there any other, is there any other um, practical, actionable things we can do that you can share with us? Rose quartz is really good. You can wear a rose quartz necklace. Um, for, and what does that do? It brings in love and happiness oh, love. and confidence. Okay. Yeah, or you can love wear a rose happiness. quartz ring or you can even carry rose quartz with you or, you know, you can even have rose spray. They have rose facial spray. That's really good because rose is the, is the flower of love. 
So anything that's scented rose will kind of help bring that energy into your life. And, and any, that sounds good. So that we covered love and, com- and compatibility, success and abundance, money. Um, and I guess, actually, that's great. So for more information, people can do what? They can follow you on Instagram. They can fo- find you on the Today Show. Yeah. They could. Um, I write horoscopes for Teen Vogue. I write weekly horoscopes for Teen Vogue. And I have a practical magic column for Teen Vogue, which is sort of like a little witchy column for teens, teen witches. I write for The Hood Witch, which is a esoteric blog. Um it's a wonderful company if you want to support small businesses. I write horoscopes and astrology for the Today Show. Um, and I write the monthly horoscopes for Refinery29. I also do work with like a bunch of other places like InStyle Magazine. I have a monthly column there. And Cosmo I write a lot with. And Vogue. So, yeah, find me everywhere. You're everywhere. I'm You're here. everywhere. You've got a lot of jobs. But Gemini slash Virgo person, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Exactly. It sounds very. This sounds very familiar. You and, I, you and I know that keeping busy is the only thing that keeps us mercurial people out of trouble. So totally true. I need to. The busier I am, the better it is. I yeah. like. I like to be busy. I, I don't like to have that much downtime. Exactly, because we're doing ten things at once, and if we're not, we feel like like what <laughs> like. We don't, exactly. Like we don't just like, you know, my sister is a Scorpio and she gets it. And my dad's a Scorpio too. So like I kind of come from like this like, you know, like hard hustling family where it's like you want something, you have to earn it. You have to work for it. So I believe in that, you know. And yeah, you know, that's what I say where it's like half like spirituality and also half like you, you know, like nothing in this world is free. And, you know, no matter what, like I get told no 10 times a day by people. And I still, you got to just pick yourself up and not cry over the past and persevere. I get trolled more than anyone else <laughs> that I know. But Really? Just, oh, yeah. But like, you just got to move on. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why I totally. say that, you know, that it's just, it's, it's hard to like compartmentalize things, but you know, you have to. And that's why Virgos and Geminis get it because we can compartmentalize things in our brain. So I love that. Uh, well, Lisa, it's been a pleasure. You can also find her on, uh, on Instagram. It's Lisa, it's Lisa, what is your Lisa, handle? Lisa Stardust Astro. There you go. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Don't hang up, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. 
Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.